0: Grace Matters. This is Pastor Mike Kramer of New Life Church, your home of positive faith, bringing you power for living. Come to the cross and find forgiveness. Get in His Word and you'll find strength for your soul. Tap into the love that God has given. And you'll find Powerful Living. Powerful Living is a positive faith ministry. We believe that a positive attitude in life is an expression of the positive faith which embraces a powerful truth that with God all things are possible. Pastor Mike Kramer is a founder of Powerful Living, senior pastor at New Life Church, and the author of the inspirational book, Power Moments. Tap into the love. That god is given and you find power for living my friend our subject today is grace matters that undeserved favor of god what an important message for each and every one of us you know salvation is either a gift to be received or a reward to be earned the love of Christ is either extended to the entire human race or it's limited to a select group. John 3:16 can either be taken at face value or we can try to redefine it. I believe it's just the absolute most beautiful verse in all of scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, my friend. The gift of eternal life is a wonderful gift offered to anyone who will place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The atonement of Christ either paid the penalty for the sins of the entire human race or only paid for the sins of some. The offer of salvation is either a legitimate offer to all or it's an illegitimate offer that really does not apply to everyone. My friend, our final authority in faith and practice is either the word of God or something else. One of the cries of the reformers, scripture only, sola scriptura. And then the other cry was sola fide, only faith. My friend, faith is what applies the gift of eternal life. To each and every one who will trust in Christ and Christ alone as personal Lord and Savior. Yes, make no mistake about it, grace matters. Listen to Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. You know, the gospel means good news, it's the best news in the world. The content is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. Proof that Christ died, he was buried. Proof that he bodily resurrected from the dead, he was seen. The Scripture says he was seen by the apostles, and then by over 500 at one time. But you know... It could be argued that in some settings the gospel today is under siege. Uh, the gospel is being hijacked. There's three common attacks that uh, tend to want to take the gospel out of our hands and, and sort of redefine it. In fact, when I wrote my doctoral thesis back in 2013 and 2014, when I got my doctorate in 2014 at Grace Seminary there in Winona Lake, I wrote on the subject of the atonement. But, you know, there's... Great passion for the Great Commission leadership here at New Life. And we've trained and equipped over 50 people that have gone into the ministry. But we like to say that the gospel is the heart and soul of everything that we do. One of the attacks is legalism. that wants to bury the gospel in a bunch of man-made rules that you won't find in Scripture. And then there's liberalism. That ignores the gospel. It turns into what we would call universalism. While we believe the offer of salvation is universal to all, it must be applied by faith. But there are those that would teach that because Christ died for the entire human race, then all will be saved. But that eliminates the need for people to place their faith and trust in Christ as Lord and Savior. Remember, Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then there's a rise of hyper-Calvinism. I don't want to get into that on the radio. I like to just define that as Christian fatalism. And it just sort of takes the approach that uh, we have no choice at all, everything's predetermined, and it really just becomes almost a form of Christian fatalism. And I can just tell you, my friend, that is a road that leads to nowhere. It is a dead-end street. So the gospel, good news that God loves us. Oh, yes, grace matters because understanding God's offer of salvation matters. Verse 11 again. For by the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Grace, that undeserved favor. Salvation, saved from our sins, a home in heaven, forgiveness. Our past, we are saved from the penalty of sin. In the present, we are being saved from the power of sin. And one day in the future, in a real place called heaven, we'll be saved from the presence of sin. Now, salvation is a universal need. We all need Christ as Lord and Savior. Romans 3:23 says for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In John chapter 1 and verse 14, Christ is referred to as the glory of God. We beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So when you recognize that Christ is the standard, when it says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, the idea is we don't stack up to the standard of Christ and I think we would all agree with that. You know, we have a tendency to compare ourselves to the wrong standard. Sort of, I'm okay, you're okay. But the idea is when we compare ourselves to Christ, it's like, whoa, we all have room for improvement, this pastor included, no question about it. But the good news is Christ paid the penalty for our sins. Romans 5 8 says that God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And this offer is universal, he's appeared to all men. You know, in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Describes how uh, there's born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be joy to all people. Oh, it's a universal offer. John 1 9 says that there's a light that lights every man. Romans 1 19 gives that same idea that what can be known about God has been revealed to us. So God has given us the God given ability to place our faith and trust in Christ as Lord and Savior. And that Offer is for all. God offers his gift of salvation, that undeserved favor, the gift of grace, to the entire human race. You know, in First John 2, two, it says that he is the propitiation or the satisfaction for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. I like to say the idea of limited atonement, that Christ only died for a certain group and didn't die for the entire world. Limited atonement meets its Waterloo at First John 2, 2. Oh, we could go on and on and on. In 1 Timothy 2, verses 3 through 6, talks about there's one God, one mediator between man and God, the man Christ Jesus, who desires all to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And some would say, well, if God desires that, why doesn't it happen? Well, my friend, he leaves room for the human being to respond. God does not create us as robots. That's not worship. He wants free human beings to respond to his grace now he must call he must draw but somewhere in that process we respond in faith believing and god does not believe for us that is something the individual must do so it matters in understanding the offer of salvation grace matters because accepting god's offer of salvation matters he's appeared to all men ephesians 2 8 9 says for by grace you have been saved through faith that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And in that text, the gift is salvation. Grace is a prepositional phrase, through faith, prepositional fa- phrase. And so the gift refers to the subject, and the subject of Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is salvation. And it's offered by grace, and faith is the channel in which we receive it. Now I hear some well-meaning so-called theologians that want to say if an individual is capable of believing, then they would go around heaven bragging on themselves for believing, and that's why they're in heaven. My friend, when you're given a gift at Christmas, and it's something you've been longing for, and somebody in great generosity gives you that gift, and you open up that gift. It's been gift wrapped for you. And you open up that gift on Christmas morning, and it's everything you longed for, everything you dreamed for. You don't spend the rest of the day thanking yourself for opening up the gift that somebody else gave you. No, you go over to that person, you give them a big hug, and you say, thank you so much. You gave me what I was hoping for, and I just can't thank you enough. My friend, the same is true when it comes to eternal life. God offers the gift in His grace. We must open that gift. Christ came gift wrapped through dying and raising again for our sins. We open that gift by trusting in Christ and Christ alone, receiving him into our life john 1, 12, as many as received him to those He gave the power, or the privilege to become children of God, even to those who believe in His name, believing is total trust in Christ and Christ alone taking God at his word, receiving is inviting Christ into your life as personal Lord and Savior. In John 3 and verse 3, it's described as being born again, given new life, eternal life, spiritual birth. And then God gives two analogies in John 3. He talks about the wind blows where it wills. That's a subjective analogy. That's the idea that the hand of God moves on people. But then he gives an objective analogy in John three fifteen, he says, "As Moses lifted up the serpent, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him should not perish." John three fourteen and fifteen, and that's the idea. Where the people in the Old Testament in Numbers twenty one sinned against God, fiery snakes came in, were biting them. Moses goes to the people and says, "What should we do?" God says, "Put a serpent of brass out on a pole, and those who look." will live and jesus uses that exact same analogy in john 3 the idea is we've all been bitten by this thing called sin but if we will look to christ in faith believing we'll be forgiven of sins we'll have a home in heaven and a better way of living on this earth subjectively the wind blows you see the effects but you don't really see the wind you know we talk about boy i really see how the wind is blowing well the wind what you see is the effects the trees bending, the leaves flying around, snow drifting in the winter. And that's the idea in John 3 where Jesus said, the wind blows where it wills. That's a subjective aspect where God's hand must move and call. But then the objective aspect is we must place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. And we receive God's gift by placing our total trust in the crucified and risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then grace matters because sharing God's offer of salvation matters. My friend, we like to say here at New Life, the last command of Christ should be the first command of every Christian. Jesus said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all things, and lo, He's with us always, even until the end of the age." Whenever someone gives their final command, their final charge, you know, as pastor, I have been at the bedside of many, many people shortly before God calls them home. And I can tell you, that's not a time for idle chit-chat. My Grandpa Sheets was a tremendous Cub fan. He loved the Cubs. He ate, drank, and slept Chicago Cubs. And in 69, when the Cubs blew that 9-10 game lead in September, I don't think my grandpa ever forgave them. But he probably celebrated from heaven in 2016 when they finally won the World Series. But I can tell you, when my grandfather was on his deathbed, he wasn't talking about the Chicago Cubs. He was talking about the things that really mattered. And I can still remember gathering with my wife, Cindy, and my grandma and grandpa and joining hands and praying for family members that still needed Christ as Lord and Savior, as grandpas had tears streaming down his face. And every last one of those that we prayed for at grandpa's deathbed eventually came to know Christ as Lord and Savior. Oh, my friend, grace matters. Because understanding the gift of salvation matters, sharing the gift of eternal life matters, receiving God's gift of eternal life matters. Yes, grace matters. And God's grace is for you. God loves you. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men or all people. He wants you to pray a simple prayer and invite Christ into your life to be your personal Lord and Savior. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you. May the Lord turn His face towards you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you peace in your heart, and power for living, amen.